0: Hello and welcome. You are listening to The Investor Lab, the auditory epicenter for passionate people seeking a life of freedom, choice, and abundance. And if you've listened to this show before, you'll know that my name is Goose. And you'll also know that, yes, we are in the real estate space, but we also deeply believe and our values are deeply aligned with exploring opportunity and potential wherever it may lie in a a quest to achieve a life of more. That's what we want for you. And that's what we want for us. And that's what we want for the world. So that leads us on to today's episode. Uh, I was lucky enough to have a really great and interesting chat with a, a guy named Jared Krause. Now, he is a successful entrepreneur who helps people to buy online businesses. Now, we thought that was really interesting because we've been chatting offline and we wanted to share some of the stuff on the podcast too about the similarities and dissimilarities between online real estate and offline real estate and how you can use both as part of a greater scheme to achieve a life of wealth and abundance and freedom and choice and prosperity. So some of the stuff we talked about today is, you know, what, is you know, what is online real estate versus offline real estate. We talked about how to apply the Holy Trinity Principles. In a different asset class, and to understand how that works. So we're talking about cash flow growth, the ability to control value. We talked about all kinds of stuff, like what is success and fulfillment, and how do we approach that in our lives? Yeah, you know, why, who, who, and why would you want to buy online real estate? And we really kind of dug into the characteristics and benefits, and yeah, you know, and and lack of benefits in some ways between the two different types of assets that share so many uncanny similarities. So. What we're talking about with online real estate is websites and buying websites and treating them like a real estate asset, much in the same way. We talk about the similarities between getting business managers and property managers and stuff like that. So whether you're interested in buying an online business or not, I'm pretty certain this is going to open your eyes to a few different ideas and concepts that you probably haven't thought about before. Because I remember my very first time that I heard websites referred to as uh, real estate assets. And it really woke me up to the uh, to a whole new world. And I encourage you to check this out because it may do the very same for you. Now, I'm not suggesting that you race out and go and buy a website now willy-nilly, but it is exciting to explore these, this potential and to understand where it could fit within your overarching portfolio strategy. Now, as I mentioned, Jared has a business that helps people to do that. We talk about that. So, I would encourage you if you do have an interest in it to reach out to Jared. You know, the, His um, contact details will be in the show notes. Uh, he's a great guy and he's helping a lot of people do really great stuff. So I strongly recommend if you have an interest in, in wanting to explore the world, have a chat with Jared first before you go and race off and do it yourself. But of course, if you want to explore the conversation around offline real estate, which is what we specialize in, and you wanted to do that more and become better at what you do and to expand your potential and increase your impact and you know maximize your opportunity and your levels of fulfillment, then I strongly encourage you to head to theinvestorlab.com.au where we have a veritable cadre, a smorgasbord, if you will, of opportunity and offers that are designed to meet you where you are. Everything from free resources to my book, Limitless, The Renegade's Guide to Building Wealth Through Property we have an online community, which is a private and exclusive membership where we host exclusive trainings that aren't released anywhere else. We do live Q&As, location deep dives. You know, We really unpack on a monthly basis thousands of dollars worth of information that is really designed to help accelerate you and, and take you from where you are now. To where you want to be. So, I know you're going to get a lot out of that. If you're interested in that, just head to theinvestorlab.com.au forward slash join the community. And of course, there's links on our website as well if you want us to do the hard work for you and just help you buy a property. So, there's a lot of opportunity there. So, head to theinvestorlab.com.au if you want to check that out. But without further ado, um, we're going to jump straight into the episode. Again, I know you're really going to enjoy it. Jared's a really great guy, and we had a really great conversation. So enjoy let me know what you think and of course if you do like this and our other episodes the biggest and greatest uh, benefit you could give us right now uh, in the most easy and low friction way would be to subscribe like rate review and share so if you can share this and help us spread our message wider then that's hugely impactful for us and is greatly greatly appreciated so without further ado let's get stuck into it see you on the inside Hey, guys. Welcome back to The Investor Lab. And joining me today is a very special guest. Now, his name is Jared Krause. And he is not only a successful entrepreneur, but he also, interestingly, has built a business based around helping others to invest in online real estate. In other words, online businesses. So I thought it'd be a really fascinating discussion to have around some of the differences between online and offline real estate and what we can learn by comparing the values and ideas between the two different realities and seeing where the similarities lie and, and just exposing people to some new ideas. So, Jared, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Goose. Great to, great to be here. I'll always
1: love having chats with you. It's awesome. Yeah.
0: Likewise. Likewise. So, a little bit of context for the listeners. So, I actually, before this podcast that we're doing right now, I'd actually listen to your podcast... I you know I knew about you, and then um, through mutual friends, uh, you know it turned out you actually had an interest in buying physical real estate. We'll get to the difference between digital and physical real estate in a moment, and so there was this really great synchronicity. But I I kind of want to take a really like zoom way back out because my like I first came across the term online real estate or, or the terminology of online real estate only about I would say in the last eight months, and. It was actually a real big game changer for me. I was listening to a business podcast and they talked about buying online businesses, funnily enough, and referred to it as buying real estate. And I'd love to firstly get a little bit of your story, how you ended up going in this direction, and then we can talk about maybe some of the differences between the two.
1: Yeah. I originally was going to go down the the physical property real estate investment route. When I was just out of school, really, and I was earning, I started earning money quite early because I was a plumber, and I just couldn't stack the figures up to, to it being a, a good investment. Obviously, I didn't have the skills around property and the knowledge that you teach. What,
0: what, what, what do you What do you mean? So, so just to, so you were a plumber and you were earning pretty good money, right? Yeah. What about the numbers didn't stack up? Because most people, they do, right? Most that's why most people invest in on offline real estate. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I, I was investing in the stock market at the time as well and I was just getting better returns in the stock market and I was, I was like 19 and it just wasn't going to give me the – I wanted the cash quick, right? And I wasn't – like I didn't know the macro – like why it's better to have macro trends and long-term investments and, and uh, really build wealth slowly. I was this kid that was just like, give me the cash, man. Give me the money as quick as possible. And I was doing that with stocks. And I, I started learning all of that quite early. I've really like I remember pestering my dad within the stock market when I was 15. Anyway, to get to the story of how I got to online real estate is I was a plumber hating life. I'd run away from my job and I'd start to go traveling and I really got heavily into drinking when I was at home at working because I was working crazy hours, you know, 60, 70 hour work weeks and then three hours on the in the car to and from work each day. So it was eighteen hours a week in the car, and I was just resorting to partying hard and alcohol and going down a bad route. Mm. And I kept kept saving up, living and traveling. And one of my trips, I realized I I was running what I thought I was doing is running away from my job, but I was actually running away from my life at the time. And I needed a goal. I was like, all right, I can't go back to this. I I need a goal. And I was traveling and living the life, and like myself at that age, and a lot of other people that traveling is like, we just want to keep traveling. So I. Literally typed into Google how to travel the world and make money online. That's what I typed into Google. And up popped up like different websites, uh, like travel blogs and things like that. I was like, cool, I'm going to be a travel blogger. And so (laughs) (laughs) I started travel blogging and uh, it was really hard, man. It was really hard. Like A lot of people said it was simple, quick, cheap, and easy to make money online, especially at that stage as well. And it wasn't. What,
0: What year was this, just to be clear?
1: 2012 I started researching and then 2013 Mm -hmm. early 2013 I launched my travel blog yeah so then I I went and um, started my blog and I started making a little bit of money but it wasn't enough to sustain the lifestyle I wanted so I had to go back to work and I came across this stat that 90% of startups fail after trying to start my own I had already tried to start two website businesses at this time and I was just struggling and, and I was sucking at it to be
0: honest so just take a little step back. You've already tried to start two website businesses. So was one of them the travel blogging one?
1: Yeah. So one was the travel blogging one, and I realized travel blogging is really hard. Everybody with a, an iPhone and an internet connection is my competition. Mm. And Instagram was coming out, it was getting real big. And then I I started this other website. It was like a drop shipping site. So where people we can get into the business models later. I guess I won't get caught up on this now. But yeah. I was selling physical, physical actual products, and yep. I just wasn't really crushing it. I wasn't making enough money from it. I didn't really know what digital marketing was <laughs> either, so I sucked, as you could tell. And so I realized it was really hard to, you know, start these websites. But I knew how to run them. I knew how to grow them. I knew like I knew little bit of how to grow them on the SEO front, but not like pay digital marketing. And so I thought, well, I'm back at work. I'm hating it. And I came across this stat that 90% of startups fail. And I thought, well, if 90% fail, why don't I go and buy one that's past that 90% failure rate and run it? So I jumped onto Google and and went and found these websites and website brokers. And my eyes just went, if people can see, my eyes just opened up to infinity. And I saw the numbers and it just made so much sense. And there are risks obviously involved with any investing. And I bought one business. I bought another one. Within like 8 months, I bought my second one. And then I bought another one within like 10 months after that. So in a short period of time, I bought 3 businesses and replaced eventually replaced my income
0: as a plumber. How long did it take you from when you first discovered the idea of buying online businesses to when you could quit your job? So I bought my first business in
1: 2014. Bought my second business mid 2015. And from the second business, I was making more from my from my online income than my plumbing job. So it was only like eight to ten months. And then I Yeah. But I kept working. I kept working for a bit. Why? And (laughs) because (laughs) I I didn't want to I didn't want to like quit and then have these businesses go back into like, you know. Business and life, we have ups and downs and mm. sometimes we have bad months and good months. So I wanted to make sure I was not quitting too early and I had a good job where I was working quite close to home. I was a supervisor of this big, I was a supervisor for Pack Fair, which is a big shopping center where I live and for the, for the firm I was working for. So I had a pretty decent job and at that time, I'd worked my way up and it was quite, quite cruisy and I knew that afterwards, I had this plan, I'm going to quit, I'm going to go travel for another year and a half. And just run my three businesses, so
0: mm.
1: I had something to look forward to. I had things in place, and I just didn't want to quit prematurely and and get some more cash in the bank as well, so I could possibly
0: buy another one. <laughs> yeah, nice. At what point? So when you were when you sort of were going into this this direction, I and mean, when you're looking at online businesses, at that point were you comparing it to other asset classes, or were you just going, are you just were you just literally like? what's the most like what's the highest leverage way that i can get cash flow so i don't have to go to work and and how did you how did you in those early phases how did you associate the relationship between online real estate and offline physical real estate i i really related to what i was
1: earning in the stock market at the time and it wasn't great and how i looked at the like i t- took my money out of the stock market and and put it into Online real estate. And how I related online real estate to offline real estate is that with online real estate, I could get 100% return on my
0: investment in three years. Can can I just jump in there? When you say 100% return on your your investment, are you talking about cash on cash return as in like net cash flow percentage back on cash input? Correct. So, net, actually
1: net income. So, if I, I went and bought a business, say for just say for 100 grand, round numbers, right? then it would take me three years to get that $100,000 back in net income. Okay.
0: So is it purely just a cash flow strategy?
1: Uh, no, because you can, build, you can build these just like uh, when you're renovating a property, you can build these up and make them more valuable assets and sell them. So some people actually flip you know, online real estate like they do with physical real estate.
0: Okay, cool. All right. So, so we've kind of covered how you got into it and why. You wanted more yeah. freedom, more leverage, better than being a plumber, better, better than digging trenches and, and fixing dunnies. <laughs> and we've kind of touched on, so we've already kind of really clarified the fact that what we're talking about when we're talking about online real estate is online businesses, right? Yeah. What are the similarities like just to try and give it some framework for someone who has never even come across this idea of buying websites and buying online businesses before how do how do you define the similarities and the differences between online and offline real estate based on what you know So
1: based on what I know like I'm still learning a lot about physical property especially with what you teach which is awesome and thank you what i know that when you go away and you invest in in physical real estate is that you need to know it's a good asset you need to know it's valuable you need to do your due diligence so it's the same when you're doing buying a website business you need to do your due diligence you need to have these checks so you've got pest and building checks and stuff like that like then same with a website you need to look at you know seo checks and marketing checks and make sure you can work out like how much this Online real estate is earning, you know, passively per month or net profit per month. And it's the same with a, a physical property, is you need to work out what your yield's going to be and how long it's going to take you to get, you know, your return back and you know similarities in that way with, you know, any investments as well. But when you're running a an online business is that you can have an operator run it for you, like you do have a, a real estate agent. Like a know, property manager. Property manager, yeah. So, or you could do it yourself and then you know you'll learn a lot more about property. You gotta get your hands dirty, it's a bit more work, obviously a bit more money, but I I prefer in in the online space, (laughs) I prefer to run the businesses myself Mm. because I wanna get a good education and then start to hire a team to do so. And then I if in offline real estate, like physical property, I'm definitely not gonna go down the route of running my properties. That's just a personal
0: Okay, well, I want to come back to that. I want to come yep. back to that because it's really interesting. One of the things, I, like a lot of people ask me, oh, should I go and manage my own properties? And I almost exclusively say no. Like it's a, it's a bad it's a bad idea. Why is that though? Well, it's a good question. Largely, there's a couple of reasons. So if you're investing in real estate and part of your qualification for whether it's going to be a viable investment is based around whether you can manage the property yourself, that is going to infer by nature that it must be within a certain radius of your location, which statistically is an extremely low probability that you're going to be buying the right type of asset at the right point in the cycle to get the maximum return and get the best benefit out of it. So so, so when you take out that and go, okay, well, I'm exposing myself actually to more amount of risk by limiting my opportunity, aside from that, the time, effort, and expertise involved uh, is asymmetrical to the return. So what I mean by that is most people want to invest in real estate because they want to create more freedom, more choice, more abundance, whatever that, however that may look for them. Now, most people don't wake up and say well, one day, I really want to be a property manager and I really want to go and check on the tenants and I really want to go and do inspections and I really want to get calls at 4 in the afternoon saying, oh, there's a, there's a pipe broken. Most people, when you actually think about it practically, you don't really want that. Hell you, no. you could deal with it, like we could. We all could do that. We all could be like, you know what? It's my property. It's my responsibility, and they're my tenants, and it's and that's fine. We all could do that, but the question is, is that what you want? And almost exclusively, the answer is no. And I've never really seen it net a. As I say, it's asymmetrical, like the effort and the reward. I've never seen it net the right reward. I've seen people try and do it, and then they end up hating property investing because. They're stressed out, and they're like, "Oh, I got to deal with tenants all the time." And it's like, "Well, maybe you just don't have to do that." So, I've got a mate with an example
1: exactly like this. Bought—he's a rent vester—and he bought a property close to him and had so much drama with his tenants, and eventually just. Just gave in and just went did a bit of small little cosmetic reno and then went. I'm not going to rent this out. I'm going to get an agent to get somebody in, verify it, all that stuff. Just and yeah. he lives really close to the property. It just was a, a nightmare for him. Even yeah. when you do live close by,
0: it's it's like why would you buy something to create another job for yourself? That just doesn't make sense. Yeah, man. like like the the idea is that you know whether you're investing in online businesses, offline businesses, online real estate, offline real estate. Shares, bonds, whatever. There's an ultimate goal there that's not just correct. That's not to go and give you like I could go and invest in bonds, but I don't actually, unless I have a specific interest in that field, I don't want to go and become a, a bond trader. I want to, like, okay, cool. I understand the asset class and I want to get the benefit, but I don't want the work. Otherwise, we're all just creating more jobs for ourselves. And that's the idea is to get ourselves out of our job, just like you, right? Yeah, exactly. And
1: you know, a lot of people may say, oh, I'm going to buy a business and they might go away and put purchase a job as well within with an online business yeah. and that's a that's a big no-no and what i tell people to look for is like you want to buy like my mission is to help people replace their income so they can have more you know time doing what they love and spending that with the people they love but you could go away and buy something it takes you 20 to 30 hours a week to run the idea is and this is my philosophy is to buy something it may take you two to three or two to five hours max per week to run while you can still have that as a side income stream whilst you are working and build up a couple of those uh, or you know build up that one and build it to a certain level that it's your predominant income, primary income, and you can replace your job with virtual assistants and stuff like that because you don't want to go away and buy yourself a job like mm-hmm. any, in any investment, like you said.
0: No, and it's really interesting. Actually, I've been listening to a podcast recently called "Think Like a CEO" by Gary Keller. So Michael. he's the author of he's the author of the One Thing. He's also owns the largest real estate company in the world, Keller Williams Realty. Uh, he's a really interesting and fascinating guy. But what he said, he was talking about his early part of his journey when he started to build, like really expand the business and open up all these franchises. And he thought that all of these people that were opening up, but buying the franchises, opening up the franchises. He thought that they were all entrepreneurs and that they all wanted to 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 be business opera be business owners and like but really, what he actually found out much <laughs> they just wanted to buy a job where they had a bit more control, yeah yeah, it's a really interesting mental paradigm. A lot of people think that they want one thing and then want another, but look let's um let's let's try and give this a bit of a geometry, I think because. As you probably know, our core principles around real estate investing are rooted in the Holy Trinity, which is a very simple three principles, cash flow plus growth plus the ability to add value or control on the asset. And that's what's going to give you the best outcome. And where we see people falling down is when they have cash flow, no growth or growth and no cash flow. And in any case, the the lack of the ability to uh, manufacture, add control, or in other ways, manipulate the value proposition of the asset so they can get the outcome they need. How does that relate? Like let's try and compare those on a on yeah. a on a unit basis. Like how does how does how do, how does growth work in digital real estate? Let's say, let's say you go and buy a website, and we'll we we do not need to it's probably you can't just probably just don't advise people to just go out and buy <laughs> websites willy-nilly. But let's say you go out and buy a website. Like what is the like I can tell you the national average growth for real estate in Australia is six point eight percent. That is heavily skewed and more realistically, it's you know, around between four and four and six, four and five and a half, right? A percent percent mm. growth per annum. How do you define growth in a, in a real estate, in an online real estate asset? It's such a great question. There's so
1: many different types of business models and how businesses earn money where they're selling, you know, digital products, physical products, um, services, whether they're selling ads. Or just using affiliate links and commissions and stuff like that. So there's so many different ways you can earn money online. Actually, there's an infinite amount of ways because the internet is also evolving. In terms of how do you how do you get a number on how much you can grow or uh, you know what's the growth rate of an actual business is going to be very dependent on the skills that one may have to run that particular business. So if you're running, if you're buying a content website, then you want to know how much, you know, you want to know a lot about SEO and you want to lo- know a lot about getting traffic to the site and producing great content to get a bit of a ballpark on how you could grow this website and by how much. Now, things change. I mean, it's the same with physical property is that, you know, things change like you may have policies and, and things within a town that may change the growth rate. And it's the same with online business you've got algorithms that change how traffic shows up to your or comes to your site or how you get ranked so i don't actually know the numbers to be honest i don't actually know what numbers or how you can really work out the growth rate of a website unless you have the skills to determine a a, a rough estimate of what you could grow the business by
0: yeah, okay. So it's really skills-based. It's not, there's no, because there's there's a- The growth it, it is, yeah. Yeah, so, because with, with you know, we'll just call it property. With mm. property, providing you don't buy in, a, in an area with, with like no clear uh, economic fundamental positives, you know, like you don't. But if you buy, you know, reasonably populous area and you follow some pretty basic principles, there's a 100% success rate over time. You pretty much can't go wrong. Like it will continue to go up. For a variety of different mechanical reasons. But it sounds like with online real estate, it's it will only really grow in we'll get to yield and stuff in a 2nd it We'll only really grow in value if you know how to make it grow in value. Yeah, think about it this way: like you've got a property, say you've
1: got a physical property, and then and you can make money from this physical property. Imagine having everybody in that town fighting. To jump on top of that property, remove that property, and take over that land and earn money themselves. That's what it's like in the online market because you've got people that are fighting for digital space in the search engines and also the algorithms. So it's a bit it's a bit
0: hard to and a bit different. Mate, if people do that in real in in real estate in property, that's called squatting. Like you've yes. got a, you got a nice property. <laughs> somebody else goes, I'm going to go and I'm taking it over. I'm going there and I'm going to claim squatter's rights. Is that the kind of same analogy? It's, it is. It is. It is exactly like that because
1: you you're fighting for the land. You're fighting for the real estate because you've got competitors there with like you know tens of millions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars that can you know produce great content, get ranked higher on the search engine, so their websites show up more often. Or you got people that could put so much more money into Facebook ads and Google ads, and you know take over more, you know dominate more of that that property. So it's it's like you're you and I don't want to say it's a war or it's a fighting and you can strategically work out ways that you can spend less money and do and build your business in a in a more valuable way than just chucking a whole bunch of money in and not giving you a result. But you are work you you are needing to work out how you can, you know, maintain this business, maintain the growth over time. It doesn't need to be like full-time work where you need a team of 20 people. You could do it just yourself and you could learn the skills yourself. Although if you did just do nothing over time, that business would,
0: you know, Crash. Yeah. Yeah, it would devalue, right? So, okay. So what we've established there is that physical real estate is actually probably a little bit more passive in one sense. Buy it. You can buy it and do nothing. And from a growth perspective, as long as you bought reasonably okay, it's probably still going to be fine in 10 years' Mm -hmm. time. It'll be better. In fact, the way I like to think about buying physical real estate is I want to buy assets that if I was to buy it and then go into a coma for 12 months, would I wake up and be wealthier after 12 months? That is a really interesting vector to put on it because I don't really know any businesses that you could do that. It depends
1: on... It it really, there's so many different variables. It depends on if you have a team and if you have good processes and systems for that team to grow the business whilst you are out. I mean, there's people that, you know, say Richard Branson, for example, owns multiple businesses, does hardly or little to no work in any of them and they grow. Why? Because that business has good process systems and staff that are running and growing and scaling the business itself without the owner having to be involved. And you can. This is my goal for everybody that does buy a website business: is you don't have to have a CEO and a COO and a CFO and this whole big executive team. You could just have two to three VAs or more or less, and have good processes and systems that you give them that can run the business, so operate the business, and put them on a growth path as well, without the owner having to have too much involvement in it.
0: Mm, interesting. All right, so we've covered growth. So why don't we talk about uh, yields and cash flow? Because I think this is where it gets really interesting, and this is where I, me personally, when I first heard about you know digital real estate, I got pretty excited and I started checking out all the the buying website Empire Empire Flippers and all this, and I was like, oh my god, I look at all this, and I yeah. very very quickly realised I had no idea what I was doing. So just to get out of there quickly, what are the kind of yields that you would expect, or is that what are the kind of metrics that you would work with? from a yield perspective to, to or from a cashflow perspective, like what kind of views have you got on that from a digital perspective?
1: Yeah. Just for those who are going to go and do what you did <laughs> Goose, is when you do check out these website brokers, it's, you know, like I said, my eyes just, you know, opened up to infinity and you can see like how much income there is coming in and, you know, you got out of there quite quick, like you said, and that's a good thing because you need to get out of there and learn to do, 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 do due diligence and, and invest in these businesses wisely. I don't I don't want people to go away and buy something based on emotion. And this is most people, and I would say 95 to 99% of people will buy their first website business based on emotion. So don't do it unless you've got somebody else in your corner to help you combat that emotion and remove that emotion and help you make a logical decision. But in terms of your question with growth and uh, income and cash and yield, how do you? Hang on, you- hang on, hang on, a, hang on
0: a second. Hang on, before we get onto that, the, the, you hit something really interesting there. Most people will buy their first online business based on emotion. Now, I can see how people do that with, with property because everyone has lived in a house and they've got these emotional biases mm. on what it should look like and could they imagine themselves living there. But for someone going to invest in, in an, a website for the first time, surely they're, they're, they don't have those same emotional caveats not in
1: not in like terms of like what the business should look like unless they've done so much research for years beforehand and they've really worked out what they want but the emotions come up because the amount of income that you can you can make in a shorter period right. of time yeah go that's got it yeah uh, is that what you saw? You're like, what? This business is this much and I can make this much? Yeah,
0: yeah. I, was yeah. Like, I was like, man, I don't even know what these businesses do, but look at how much cash flow this there new is. One. Yeah. I was like, I'll just say, like, what a man, what am I doing? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, no. And I very, very was like, hang on, hang on, hang on, <laughs> hang on, back off, back off, focus, focus. So, all right, yeah. so let's talk about, let's talk, let's talk about cash flow then. Yeah, so
1: cash flow, traditionally, it used to change, it's like the multiples of changing. So how you value a business is based off, are multiple and these could be monthly multiple or yearly multiple based off the average net profit of over a, over a span of time and it could be three months it could be six months it could be 12 months normally i like to work to the average net profit over a 12-month period because it's a you know it's a fair evaluation some of the brokers value businesses off their best their best keyword best six months they get the average net profit over their best six months, and then yeah. they value the business based off like a multiple of
0: twenty to forty. So that would be growth. That would be growth, though, right? So, so really, what you're saying is you can manufacture growth by increasing cash flow, just like a commercial real estate asset.
1: You can manufacture growth by increasing what? Sorry,
0: increasing the revenue of the asset. Yes, correct. Yeah. So, okay. So that would that's okay. That's the growth piece because you can get many, 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 many multiples. On your purchase price, based yeah, so on you your can, net,
1: yeah, you can make the business less risky, and you, which can also grow the business, which can give you a higher multiple. And you could, you know, add more revenue to the business, which will give you you keep the same multiple, but you times that higher revenue amount or average net profit amount by that multiple. So that's how you can get your growth. But in terms of income, which we've been wanting to get to, is you can you can buy a site that will make you know a a 30 20 to 30% roi in just in, in one year so and sometimes as business like i bought a business where i've made 100% roi in just 7 months and this is in 2015 obviously the multiples have changed because more people are pouring into uh, this investment category because they can see the returns that are being made and that makes the multiples go up because people are willing to pay more for those assets or those investments. So the multiples are slowly slowly increasing with this pandemic, who knows what's going to happen, there's some predictions of it of decreasing a bit, but on average, you know, 20 to 30% ROI
0: net per year. So th- let's break that down in real terms. So if you buy a website business for $100,000, mm. it'll produce 120 or $20,000 net cash flow. A year, yeah, yeah. Twenty to twenty to thirty. It depends on
1: the business model that you buy and the business. So sometimes you could get a fifty percent ROI in one year. You know, I, I've achieved uh, better than that, and and that was when the multiples were a little bit lower. But also when you add in. Some skill sets, either from yourself or VAs or consultants, that can grow the business. I mean, you could get a you could get your ROI back a lot quicker.
0: I'm a little bit confused because when you're talking about ROI, are you talking about saleable value or are you talking about net cash flow? Because, like, so let's say you buy a business. Okay, oh right, okay. So the net cash flow will increase on a multiple.
1: No, so so the multiple is how much you times the average net profit by. To get so your you, value, to get your asset value, right? Correct. So essentially your saleable value, right? Correct. So, okay, got it. Yep. So if you make the business more valuable by decreasing risk and having to do less work, so you put a VA in virtual assistant for people wondering and they do most of the work, your multiple you can push your multiple up because mm-hmm. there's less risk in the business and it's easier to run. So it makes the multiple go higher. And then with the net cash flow, I mean, the average net profit, you can increase the average net profit by increasing your revenue by getting more sales.
0: Got it. So you're, if I'm hearing you correctly, then you're talking about buying, adding value, and then selling, so flipping, basically. Overall, either a one to five-year time frame. Correct. Awesome. Why don't you buy and hold? I do. What is, what, what is the strategic benefit or lack of benefit between buying and holding or fl- flipping?
1: It's probably the pretty probably the same as as real estate, in my opinion. When you buy something and you grow it over, say, a six month or twelve month period, and then you go to sell it again, what you're doing is you're you, you need to build another team, or you need to learn another whole new skill set to run and grow that business. Mm. So you'd need to constantly keep learning, and and you know you're always very very busy, or building a team, building processes and systems, and and learning new things and growing this business. That stacked up with when you go to sell the business, then you've got to pay a commission every time. Or if you, unless you're going to sell it yourself, which is more out of work, I'd suggest selling it through a broker. So the compound effect of the amount of work you need to put in plus the compound effect of how much you know you need to pay in brokerage fees adds up to being so much work that over the time of the business, over the time, say a 10-year period of doing, you know, two businesses every year. You know, that's a lot of work. And I, I, in my opinion, I don't believe it's, it's worth it when you could just have consistent compounding growth of a business by learning one
0: thing, focusing on it, and getting better and better and better at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I would agree with that. There's definitely upsides between doing basically development projects, mm. buy, develop, liquidate. There's definitely benefits mm. in that, as long as they fit within p- part of your overarching strategy. Let's talk about finance for a second because obviously a big part of physical real estate world is leverage. You know, you can get into a property with, you know, 10 to 20% deposit, in some cases 0% deposit if you know how to get the, get the finance and you can create a huge amount of leverage in that asset which means that you can get a, an extreme multiple on your on your investment in the first place. Can you get the same, how does financing work for, is this just cash? Like I've got a hundred grand cash, so I'm gonna go buy a website that's worth $100,000 or can you, how does that work?
1: Predominantly, it is mostly a cash world in, in our industry, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Now, if you live in America, it's a bit of a different story. They got these things called SBA loans, which are government backed loans where a lot of people can, a lot of people are getting approved for these SBA loans. Now it depends on your country, it depends on your banks, it depends on your finance broker as well. So I've had people uh, that are buying businesses with finance, you know, from America, also within Australia that have used different, you know, loan structures and that could be a business loan, it could be a personal loan. But at the moment the dinosaur banks still have trouble valuing digital property because they don't have collateral, they don't have physical a lot of them, anyway, don't have physical collateral that they can, they can come in and take over and acquire, you know, some some money back for what they're actually owed. For example, a, a warehouse or a bunch of stock that could be used as collateral. Mm. But the stocks always changing, evolving, and stuff like that. So it's really hard for them to have collateral, and that's why they prefer people to have more cash. Now, you know, if you're going to buy a hundred k site, you could go to and get, you know maybe a 50k loan and pay 50 for it in, in cash and then use 50k finance and just pay your finance off. Um, I've had people do these sorts of deals. Now, when you come to think of buying a 100k business, you do have leverage within, like you call it vendor financing in, mm. in, in real estate, physical real estate. In digital real estate, you do the same thing. We call it seller financing, vendor seller, same thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you know, you, maybe you purchase the business to $70,000 down, and you pay that thirty thousand dollars out over a, a six month time frame, and you can do things like that
0: as well. Awesome. Okay, I'm finding this conversation fascinating because I, I think because I, I like what I like about it so far is that we can quite clearly see how the Holy Trinity principles apply in this asset type, and how they clearly correlate with the opportunity and and what you can get out of it. So mm. growth is dictated growth is dictated by market demand. And so, supply and demand. Basically, if there's if there's ten million e-commerce businesses and stuff like that, then you know maybe the demand will exceed the uh, you know or the supply will exceed demand. So you've got mm-hmm. still so got supply and demand metrics, which is fine. Plus, you've got psychographic influencers because what do people want? What is the mood of the you know, of the people? And what is the you know what is the appetite for that kind of asset? Then it then the growth is in, is dictated by the the net cash flow, which in fact, if you really want to drive that up, you've got to add value. You've basically got to renovate the business in some way uh, in order to maximize that, which is going to then increase your growth again. So it kind of works in a very cyclical way. Yeah. The, the big difference with physical real estate
1: is that if you just leave it and do nothing, it, it will grow over time. That's not the case with, a, with an online business. It, it will, need, will need work.
0: Okay. So... what what, what's the end game for you are you just going to keep buying online businesses or like what why what is the motivation for you to continue to do this you've now you you left your job ages ago so now you could just travel the world and and live out that live out that dream you had what's motivating you now
1: yeah i've done the whole travel thing i've been to you know 30 plus countries and you know every continent except antarctica and it's great i did it myself and it just wasn't you know i wanted to do it with somebody and i've traveled with my partner and it's great as well love it want to keep doing it i will but i love the reason that i'm in this game is because and there's a big difference between success and fulfillment a lot of people are just achieving the success and like the material success and the wealth and stuff like that and I'm all about being fulfilled and enjoying my life and a huge part of my fulfillment is helping people replace their income as well. So mm-hmm. that's, that's what my, my goal is. Like I've, I've hit it and to keep being happy and be fulfilled as I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Now, I do have a lot of people that are coming to me. Like I'm, I help people replace their income and buy businesses, but I have a lot of people that are coming to me and say, hey, Jared, I get cash. I don't have time. Can you buy the business for me? Can you run it? So I want to help these people as well. So I'm I'm setting up a fund where we'll start buying uh, you know obviously bigger businesses and running them for people with our team. Yes, I just when people come to me I want to be able to help them and that's where I really get my fulfillment.
0: Yeah, interesting. And that kind of fund you're setting up so that'll be kind of like a syndicate. Yeah,
1: yeah it'll be so people will be able to buy like shares in it. The shares won't be, you know, a couple of dollars or you know a couple of thousand dollars, they'll be a lot more and you know it'll be at the start we'll be having minimal investors because we don't just want headaches with investors that are like emotionally attached to getting their money back as soon as possible because this is a over time growth growth asset and yes yeah, so it'll be like a syndicate syndicate where it'll be a group buy so say for example if you're going to do a you know it's the same with real estate you could just have you know five people go in and put a bunch of money into a company and go and buy one real estate another one another one and grow them over time
0: so all of this begs a um, very pertinent question. If you're, You've obviously found your niche in online businesses. So it's business, it's real estate, it's all of this kind of stuff wound in together. You've, your passion is helping people and serving people with the best skill base that you've got and having the most impact that you can, which is awesome. I actually did a really interesting podcast recently. talking. Um, in the podcast, we talked about the diminishing return of things and how the only true exponential return is by service, through service. Yeah, which is really cool. But why we started our conversation because you're interested in investing in physical real estate. What what why would you why would you bother? Like why, why would you cause you can diversify within online real estate. You don't need to diversify elsewhere. Why would you go and buy physical real estate? I have bigger goals as well
1: in fulfillment, in, in giving is I definitely want to build up a uh, physical property portfolio. So I can, you know, start to grow that and put my put my money that I earn from online assets into physical property and have that rather than just sitting in the bank, not earning money and diminishing over time because of opportunity cost and inflation, I'd rather put that into physical property and have it grow over time and that, you know, that money that I acquire, I can put it into
0: philanthrop- philanthropic projects as well. But but you can do that. Like you've got the skills and intellect to be able to do that digitally. Like I don't understand. I I don't understand why you would take the money out of where you're already crushing it. Like what is what is the diversification? Like there's always
1: risk with you, as you can see in online business. There's there's risk involved. Probably like well definitely more risk than buying physical property because there's the market's changing. You're always Mm. always having people want to take over. That digital real estate, and, and you've got competition, the market change, or the, the algorithm changes, the platform changes, they can be brutal. Like, I've seen people lose their business, like, you know, 60% of their business in a day because of one change from a company like Amazon that changed their, their commission structure. So, and there's ways that you can pre- prevent yourself from being in having those risks. Within your own online business, but definitely diversification is a is a big thing for me.
0: Mm, yep, makes sense. And so you talked about uh, philanthropy, leaving, uh, and like you know, obviously it sounds like leaving a legacy and all of that kind of stuff. What what is it that you want to be remembered for, or, or how do you want to be remembered, or do you want to just leave an impact and you know disappear into the shadows, or or how do you want to be? How would what impact do you want to have on the world? It's a great question.
1: I don't feel that I. And I, I struggle with a bit this a bit with ego as well. Like, do I like I want to be such a figure that everybody remembers me for all the time, or do I just want to do my piece and and do it, you know, under the radar and make sure I've 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 helped people the best that I can? And so at the moment, I don't have a big legacy piece that I like. I want to be remembered for by you know within all of the ages and all the time. I'd I'd love to be remembered by just. Somebody that, had, will go out of their way to help somebody. I, yeah, like I Sorry. don't, I don't have a big, massive. I don't want to be the Steve Jobs that's like changed technology forever and, and stuff like that. That's not my <laughs> dent in the universe. Yeah, and like I'm not like that. Elon. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to send people to space. I don't want to be remembered for the first person to send somebody to space. And maybe you know, maybe in ten, like it's not like I'm, I'm, you know passing soon <laughs> and I'm, I'm quite old uh, you know in 10 20 years time things
0: may change well let me ask you then how do you define success and what pulls you forward each day what is the thing that uh, motivates you to get up and keep going every day what, and how do you how do you define that and what habits or activities have you got that, that push you in that direction it's a great question what defines
1: success for me is I like to not use the word success or think of it as success while something can be successful I like to th- I like to. Can I keep using this word that I have throughout this podcast episode, is I like to use the word fulfillment. Like, how am I being fulfilled? Mm-hmm. And a huge part of me being fulfilled is making sure that I've I've helped people. Like, when I get messages from my clients saying I've just bought a business and like I've just I've just got my first income, it's just coming to my bank account. I'm so happy. I'm so stoked. And I'm gonna quit my job on this date. That makes me hugely fulfilled. And when i can when I get in from a surf, like I love surfing, or when I'm traveling around, and I get messages like this, and you know I show it to my partner, and we, we really like are so fulfilled with where we're at. Like we're so grateful for the things that we have, like we don't need to. We don't need to bust our guts like we we used to. We get to help people with what we know. And we're very grateful for 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 what we can do without having to go away and splurge and and spend money on stupid things that are meaningless so that's a that's success to me just being fulfilled awesome
0: i i i i echo that massively like i i echo that massively the 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 greatest satisfaction fulfillment uh motivation drive you know inspiration everything that i get is by helping other mm. people <laughs> you know it's uh yeah, as as I mentioned, it's got such an exponential return. It's and the exponential return is not it's not self serving either. It's exponential because if you can serve someone else really well and you can give them a, a high degree of prosperity, or you know, increase their emotional capital, relationship capital, intellectual capital, financial capital, whatever that may be, that will allow them to in some way impact others, exactly. which is, it, it 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 cascades up as opposed to cascading down. It doesn't depreciate; it appreciates exactly. And this is. You know, when I used to do sales calls and and
1: get people on through through phone calls to my program and 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 working with me, I'd tell them like, you know, if they told me they got kids, I'm like, dude, I don't care. Like, I'd I'd be so passionate about. I was like, (laughs) I, I care about you, but I don't care about you as much as I care about your kids because the stuff that you're gonna learn with me right now, like, I want you to teach that to your kids, and I want them to teach it to their kids, and. It's the same with like when, you know, I used to teach people gratitude and I teach people a lot of different personal development things within in my community. And, you know, people would come back and say, Hey, I started like doing gratitudes at the at the dinner table every every day uh, or before bed. And now my kids are doing it and their friends are doing it. And just like the impact that you can you can make just by teaching one person. And they can teach a lot of people within their circle of influence is, is huge. And that's just so fulfilling.
0: Yeah, it's massive, isn't it? It's massive. It's, it's so I, quite frequently I'll get either an email or a text or a Facebook message or someone that I've, ne- I've never, I don't know who they just are and they're reaching out to me to your podcast. just to let me yeah. know. Yeah, listen to a yeah. podcast, read the book, saw a post or whatever, some something. And, oh, and this is how it's changed my life. And I'm like, oh man, that's so, it's amazing. Yeah. Um Mate, awesome! I've really enjoyed the uh, I've really enjoyed the conversation, and I think it's uh, I think what's ex- most exciting, as I mentioned, is is the ability to to conceptualise uh, different ways that we can all expand our potential and our opportunity and our impact in the world. So now you run you not only have you got a podcast buying online businesses, um, you actually have a membership site and a whole bunch of other stuff. Like if people wanted to get involved they like the sound of this and they want to and they want to explore the online world what should they do where should they go
1: yeah first if if they're interested go away don't go away to the website brokers and get all emotional like i'm going to go away and do this and get super excited about action taking i'd say the first step is like go away and just listen to my podcast see if you actually like my vibe see if you like this industry it may be for you it may not be so check that out uh it's buying online businesses the podcast and if you have questions, then you can just go to my website, buyingonlinebusinesses.com. Yeah, if you want to check me out, you just chuck my name in and all that into Google
0: as well. Awesome. And just to kind of make it clear to help people understand if they're even the right person to kind of get into this world or this, what are, how would you like, how do you know if someone's ready? If someone's listening to this thinking, oh, maybe I'll give it a crack, like what are the kind of criteria that you might need to meet to really be able to, you know, take powerful moves in this uh, new industry.
1: I'd say it's somebody that's willing to put some time aside and is an action taker. And you know if that's somebody that you know even if they don't have a big amount of money right now, and um, it doesn't matter. Like if you're an action taker and you're prepared to put some time aside, you'll get the money, and you'll be able to work your way to getting the education. To purchase a business as well. So I don't like to just say, all right, if you've got hundred grand, come and see me. Let's go away and spend that money. It's This This can be literally for anyone. So long as you are very committed to achieving a certain goal and putting time aside and taking action
0: upon that goal. Awesome. Love it. Well, I'm sure that there's going to be some people reaching out after this, this podcast because I think it's quite a compelling uh, opportunity to explore. So Mate, thanks so much for your time and I really enjoyed it. And uh, of course, we'll chuck some links in the show notes and I look forward to our next conversation.
1: Yeah, me too. Thanks so much. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, we'll keep chatting.